lies of the past, lies of genetics, lies of culture, lies of the enemy. We don't, we don't believe lies that contradict our identity in you, Lord, when our hearts are whole. And the only way to make our hearts whole is to let you love us. Yes, Jesus. Thank you. But we do in this moment. That's all we can do. Just say yes to you. Thank you, Lord, that you love me. I let go of all the religious stuff that I think that I know. Yes, God. And I just trust that you're good. Yes, Jesus. And that you love me. And I give you everything that I am to shape and mold. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's show these guys some love up here. And Thank you, Lauren, for sharing. Did that mean something to you guys? <clears throat> yeah. You're making our eyes leak up here. David, I have to say, I would agree with that word. Oh, I turned off the wrong one. Uh, it, it feels like that. You know, this, even this morning, it feels like that. Um, <clears throat> you know, you, you just don't want to do the same old, same old. And, and even, even where Adam took that, just for me, what I got out of it is... Um, you know, this, this ministry is so much about the heart and how we connect with God at a heart level. And, and so, I mean, the body of Christ has had the right information for thousands of years. But the difference is, can you actually believe God from the heart? And the heart meaning the deepest part of what and who you are. Not just having this head knowledge, but where you're, you're engaged with the Holy Spirit in a real way that brings transformation. And so that new water or that new direction, um, you know, I've, I've been thinking about how, how to find people that, that just don't know that God is good and bring them this way of life to help them find wholeness because they're out there. They're next door. They're working with you. They're, I mean, they're right here. You know, I grew up in the South, Fayetteville. Mom, mom's not here, so I can say this. She won't get mad at me. But I didn't know Jesus. I think I remember one Christian that I knew that was a Christian. I didn't understand it. I didn't even know what it was about. I mean, I, I knew it had something to do with God and, you know, there's a cross. But I didn't know. <clears throat> and... When you find out, it's like, man, why didn't anybody tell me? And I think it's because we keep our mouths shut. You know, we, 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 because we have so many questions and hurts ourselves in our journey in Christianity that we just don't have the confidence to go stand in front of someone else and boldly declare to them, Jesus is what you need. It's like, we're worried about political correctness 
or we're worried that we can't answer their questions, or we're worried that if we pray for them, something might not happen, or whatever it is, right? It's like our, it, our lack of carrying this message, just the gospel, to the world around us is our lack of confidence in Jesus. That's all it is. It's a self-centeredness. There's lots of dynamics there, but all it is is a lack of confidence in Jesus. And man, that's all I want. I want this place to maybe change how you see God a little bit. So that you're standing here and you're looking at Jesus. And you know it has nothing to do with you. He gets all the credit. Amen? And, and your faith is nothing but I am just looking at Jesus. Because he is life. He is my righteousness. He is everything that I need in this earth. He is the logos of God. He is the logic of God. He, he, Jesus is not the example of what you have to live up to. He's God's testimony to you that this is what life can be like as a human. This is what I want for you. Someone that is so deeply connected with me. They live on this planet and they just transcend death. Amen? And people don't know. People don't know. So we're just going to keep on moving in that direction. And apparently there's some new things too. But I do. I want to, be, I want to get creative. You know, I want to get creative of how we find people, how we reach people. And, and you know, the, um, the evangelist in me sometimes is thinking, we're in the building again. But, but I've grown to appreciate, um, I know it's a weird thing for a pastor to say, but I've grown to appreciate church more than I ever understood before because, you know, this is our family. I mean, look around. This is family, right? We get to encourage each other. We get to be here for each other. And the stories of us being here for each other touch your neighbors and your friends. You know, and, and I love watching people, stuff rises up, and they're like, you know what, I'm ready. I just... I want more, and I don't mean more of God, but you want to express more of God. You know, anybody feel that way? It's like I, I want my life to—I just want people to see God when they interact with me. And the more you let Him love you, the more you know Jesus and what He did for you, and you understand your identity in Him, the more it just effortlessly, naturally flows out of you. You don't have to say, we're going to do witnessing today, you know. <laughs> we're going to, I'm going to be a Christian today. No, I mean, it's like, you don't even think about that. You just, you just live. You ever felt like that? You do the exercises and you're like, okay, let me get into evangel mode, you know. Well, we're probably going to jump through about 12 rabbit holes today and chase every one of them because I do have a message, but I'm just, I don't know. There's a lot happening. So we're going to try and, and, and get several things in today. We're going to do um, something special with Caitlin on the 8th, but I did want to say if, if somebody can grab her, maybe we'll give her a minute to get in here. She's probably getting some tea or something, but um, so, so some of you probably saw the news and and I guess, or I guess Mike and Tracy are in kids' church. 
Mike was able to grab a crew, pull it together, where um, we're going to do this, we're starting this remodel tomorrow. That's a soft clap, that's the golf clap version. And Adam goes, yes! <laughs> so what that means is um, basically just taking some walls out. And, but the biggest impact on you, well, there's several, but that you need to know of at this point uh, is we're going to go back to one service and it'll be at 10 a.m. And what's going to be fun about that is all those second people service that you don't know and you see them in the grocery store and you think, I think I may have, what did I say? Because I saw you second people service, yeah, close enough. <laughs> but it'll be fun. You know, like when we do the worship nights over at the Brandenburgs and everybody's together and how much energy, I know the worship team's going to love it. And Sarah and all the kids' church team. It's, it's going to make an impact on the scheduling and all that, so we're very excited. Basically, if you're wondering what's happening, if you look back through those doors, you know, just the furthest wall you can see, that'll be the new back. So just all these walls right in here will disappear. He's listening. He's getting some preaching in today. Those babies, I, you know, I like preaching to them. He's watching. <laughs> so that's a big thing. Um, and if you just want to stay, you're welcome to stay or come back, but we're going to really get the second service people, second people service, something like that, to help because we need to clear the room um, after church uh, of everything, and it shouldn't take too long. Oh, that's rain. That was weird. I'm distracted because I got like eight things that I want to say. And I'm trying to decide if I'm even going to preach or not, but anyway. So that's, that's big. You know, that'll put us back at one service, and we'll, we'll just have fun with it. So there is no service. Next, and I'm, I'm doing the announcements now, so you just got to suffer through it because we're going to end with a special song. It's going to be awesome. But um, So there's no service a week from today. That's Christmas morning. And then the next week, January 1st, that'll be the first service back in here, and hopefully the schedule goes well and it's done. Otherwise, we'll just meet in here with, I don't know, maybe no electricity or something, but it'll just be acoustic worship, yeah. I expect it, it, should, it, should, be, it should be completed, but uh, so January 1st, back in here at, at 10 o'clock, and we'll have to update. So if there are people that you know that maybe aren't here today or maybe they just kind of come every now and then, um, let them know. We're moving to 10. We'll blast it out by email and all the social media and everything just so everybody knows. But there's two things. Um, Caitlin, you guys know and love Caitlin. Show Caitlin some love back there. She's like, don't be clapping for me. She's going to, some of y'all know, she's going to Australia. Um, there's just a lot of big things happening. I, I just want to address all these. So actually that first service back in here, well, not the first service, the next one on the 8th, we're going to bring her up and send her out and, you know, we want to be a blessing to her because she's been an amazing blessing to this church. She came in. How, how old were you when you first started? I always forget. Oh, like 16. Like she, um, I don't even know how it came together. Maybe Dean or something like that. When we were across the street over there, she came and led worship a couple of times. And that was when we first met Mike and Tracy. And Mike would come and, you know, he'd sit and he's kind of... He's dad, right? Showing. I'd tell you, I'd do it with Sydney too. She was 16. I don't know who these people are, but 
eventually they stayed and became part of the family and great friends. And it's bittersweet because she's the perfect age and it's an amazing opportunity for her to get to go. But I bring this up because it's an opportunity for us to invest in someone who is investing in themselves. You know what I mean? Because people that live a lifestyle of taking the opportunity to grow uh, need support sometimes. So if you want to, you can get with Caitlin and just hand her a big fat wad of cash. Does that work? I didn't say why she's going to Australia. She's going to Hillsong. You're just going to hang out with the kangaroos. <laughs> I'll have something better prepared for when we actually bring you up and pray and all that kind of stuff. So, but I did want to say, give you the opportunity. You're leaving when? January 11th. January 11th. So pray, think about it, and I would urge everyone. But has she been a blessing to you? Yes. I mean, think about it. Has she been a blessing? <laughs> and we want to be a blessing to her as a church body. So thank you. We'll make it better next time. <laughs> But then you guys, too, I want to I Sally and David, which they have been a blessing as well. Um, they're going to, many of you know, Sally's working with uh, OM now, Operation Mobilization. And has, she's had a bit of a worldview change um, in regard to seeing what's happening. And, and we hear, we, we, a couple of Wednesdays we've had, which we'll start the Wednesdays back up in, in uh, January. But we've heard, um, are, we, are we? Oh, not yet. Okay. He's like, you just let me do my job back here. Here, you take that. Scott knows what he's doing. But anyway, they, uh, she's working with OM, Operation Mobilization, seeing some incredible, being part of teams that are doing, I mean, heavy, heavy work over in the Middle East. People getting arrested for their faith that they're working with and people losing their lives. I mean, you know, it's sometimes, Sometimes we think that those are the real Christians and we're the pretend Christians or something like that because we're in the West and we don't face persecution. But it's like, you probably would do the same things if you faced the same kinds of persecution. I mean, the spirit would rise up within you. So when you hear these kinds of stories, don't, don't let it make you feel like you're not a strong enough Christian or something. You just happen to live in a different place, you know? But they're going to Saudi Arabia. I mean, that's like serious. So just share a couple of minutes about what you're doing. So um, I'm part of the, well, I lead the launch team. And in that, we're doing a new initiative called the Marketplace Worker Initiative. And so we're sending doctors and nurses to work in hospitals. So if you know of a doctor or nurse that wants to be in part, part in missions but also use their skill sets to work. So being involved in that, I've actually been able to be a part of many meetings where, as he said, we've heard of some um, OMers, um, and things that are going on in that area that are that are really hard, um, some martyrs, and uh, um, we've got one guy that's actually arrested right now. Um, so we need to keep praying for him. His name's Nick, and um, he's still alive. We're just really praising God for that. And um, all of a sudden, there's been an open door for visas for a um, transit tourist visa. It's like the, the Arab government wants to do something with, you know, tourism which is cool because it's very hard to get visas. And so there's actually 12 of us going. Dave and I are going. We've been asked to do worship. We're going to hit each city, and we are uh, meeting several people on our team there, and we are praying for walls to come down. Uh, we're praying over Nicholas. We're praying over these areas, these regions. As I think I told some of you, there, there's a church that's 
been rising up out of the ground. Um, they showed us pictures of it at Prayer Plus a few weeks ago. Um, and the Saudi Arabian government put a fence around it. Um, but uh, some of our guys climbed through the fence and took pictures with it. But it has crosses all the way around. Um, they want to deny that Christianity is part of their roots. As we were singing these songs this morning, I just closed my eyes and I could hear the cries of the Muslim Arabs. Ishmael, right? The sons of Ishmael. Those are God's people. They're crying out deep, deep, deep crying out. And there's people there that are turning their lives to the Lord. But if they do, they, they get killed. And so this stuff is, you know, very confidential. We want to try to keep, I try to, I'm trying not to say very much. But yeah, because it's probably streaming right now. So. Okay, so I, and I thought that just a second ago. Um, so all of a sudden I had a dream, and I don't want to go into the dream, but it was very specific because we were supposed to sing at a conference that week. And God showed me two simulations, one me singing on a stage with thousands of people and one with me uh, swimming with the whales. I know that's weird, but the whales represent singing on a different um, frequency, which you mentioned in the service last week. Hmm. You said, what? And I got a text after the dream from a good friend, Heidi, who said, what frequency are you singing at right when I woke up? And then the Lord said, you can sing on a stage or I'm going to send you someplace to sing at a different frequency. And those, those songs are going to capture the cries that are deep within. And so what's really cool is after we're done there for a week, um, then we're going to go to Dubai and we're going to do some more stuff. But my boss is then coming in, and he's had difficulty having breakthrough like we want. And as I told him my dream, he started crying, <laughs> Brandon started crying and he looked at me and he goes, this is, this is true. I can feel it in my spirit. And this guy's not very prophetic, but he just could feel it. And he said, you're supposed to go. And when you leave, I land. <laughs> and the walls will come down and the hospitals that we were trying to get through, I believe I'm going to be able to get through. So we just know. So what are the dates? So the dates, we leave on the 15th and um, we actually. January 15th. January 15th. And we get into Saudi um, a couple of days after that, and we okay. begin in Riyadh and um, Dimam. And so we'll remind everybody to be praying during that time. Please. Because, because whatever worship Please. you're going to do over there is going to be. Yeah, I'm just asking Jesus, what are we supposed to sing? Effective, um, yeah. Effective, yeah. And and intercede. We're going to intercede over these areas, and, you know, just heaven and earth is going to move. And I just yeah. believe that Amen. this is going to be a huge breakthrough in this area. Um, and so, anyway. Yeah. Um, Thank you. So we also have the opportunity to support this because you guys, what's the the amount you need? We need $2,000. The, the flights are very expensive, they and that's are. only for half of it. But that's fine because OM's going to pay for my <coughs> my flights, yeah. not initially my food, but we get lodging. So, and we'll cover some of it. But so anyway, we just we trust God. I, I felt like if He gave me this dream, and so. Um, so if you have a heart to see the gospel spread in Saudi Arabia. Again, another opportunity to, um, are we supposed to pose? Because, <laughs> do I should my, do my preacher pose? No. No, okay. Oh, okay. This is weird church morning. <laughs> Can I say one thing? There was a time where Teresa June Webb stood up here talking about Kenya, and this man here went to Kenya which, by the way, you're coming with us on the next trip. 
to Saudi Arabia? Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to hear from God on that Middle one. East. <laughs> and I thought to myself, Lord, I want to do stuff like that. So if you're in the room today, this isn't about me. This is about the word that Clint was just given, because it's about all of us, and it's about getting out of our comfort zone. <laughs> I didn't even know I had a heart for the Muslim people, but yeah. I do. It breaks my heart. Mm. These songs are for them. Yeah. Praise God. Dave, you got anything? I do, actually. It's um, um, what we're going there for, it's not any type of practical groundwork, logistics. Uh, it, it's not. We are going there to pray with these people and sing with these people mm. and bring, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a preparation. Yeah. It's a preparation for the rising. And they told me don't bring a guitar because you won't. You wouldn't bring a guitar, and that would skyline you. Yeah. <laughs> Who's this American with a guitar? And then they would watch you. <laughs> and so there'll be stuff there. We're just going. I mean, everybody had, and it, I, I was overwhelmed with these people. This, it's if you follow Jesus, and you're a Saudi Arabian national. That is against the law. <laughs> you are in prison for that. Possibly tortured, possibly killed. And the people that are there now that are praising Jesus, it's amazing to me. It is amazing to me. And we... In spite of the fact that they can be killed. Yeah. yeah. Everyone there that is a believer mm -hmm. could be martyred tomorrow. And the, the weight of that, the heaviness of that, but the things that God is doing, it's, it's just amazing. I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it and what God's doing. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yep. I felt like the Lord was saying, just like in Chronicles, when Jehoshaphat, the Judah went first, and he's saying, you're Judah, and you're going first. And it is really, really important what you're doing. It's very strategic. So thank you, Lord. Send the singers, the worshipers. When, when, when they marched seven times around, that was because they, wanted, we had, they had to get to their heart. Mm. And Vicki one time said, whenever we're doing something with Heaven's Heart, Vicki's like, Dave and Sally, get up here. We got to the word, we send the worshipers in first. And yeah. not, we're all worshipers, right? So while you're here, those dates, if you can just, you, little one, but you, you just sing, you write songs, you sing about these people's freedom, Lauren. All of you are worshipers, and you just, you know, you, anything you do that week or that we do as a body, we'll be sending you messages. So we do want to sow into that. If that's something that's on your heart over the next couple of weeks, doesn't necessarily have to be today. As you give, um, just put in a memo for the Varneys or Dave and Sally, however you want to put that. Um, you can give through OM or you can give through here, and we'll make sure it gets to them. But what an opportunity. And then, you know, so we get to support Caitlin, 
dim and we do need a little bit more for the remodel but you know I don't want to make this about hammering for money we never do that we just trust God so but I'm I'm just thinking it's on my it's I'm just I'm watching and, and something just kind of hit me but it's true and it's very consistent with this heart journey that we're on with Jesus to become whole to move past the past to know who we are in him theologically, to have our place, our identity rebuilt based in what our creator did for us rather than what we think we're supposed to do for him or what we've done in the past. Your only identity should come from your father and your father is God if you've said yes to Jesus. And from there forward, it's about mind renewal which is repentance. Repentance means one thing and that is to change the way that you think because we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. I mean, if you want change in your life, you got to change the way you think. That's the way it happens. And it's not just the power of positive thinking. It's that this new data source that you're going to put into your brain to use to think with is truth. And when you let truth plant seeds in your mind and in your heart, it's going to grow. But sometimes it's the most contrary thing to do because we are so conditioned with the world and to think the way that the world thinks and to have the logic of the world in our mind to think that this impossible spiritual influence or this situation that I have no idea how to control can change. You put this new way of thinking in your mind and all of a sudden anything is possible. And then you... you live in that way a little while and you realize, wow, there's this whole new way of living I never even knew existed. I've heard about it. I've seen people talk about it. I think I've tasted it. But nobody can teach you except Jesus. And that's what we want. We want people to experience wholeness. Because when you are made whole, you effortlessly follow God. You live in his righteousness and peace and joy. You, you, you manifest the holiness that you've been given. You walk in the righteousness that you have as your heart is made whole. So I'm hearing these stories and I'm looking and, and you know, something that I'm noticing and, and I've seen it with other people that have serious issues going on in their families, things changing beyond their control. But like with what you guys are talking about and what, um, Caitlin is doing and you know there, there's a shift that happens when you when you become whole at a heart level in in regard to your identity in Christ finding the will of God is less about let me hit the bullseye of what I think this narrow thing that God wants me to do and it's more about my goodness I've got options in God because I'm secure in him and who I am now I get, I get to follow God. I get to discover things. And so where in the past, people might be fighting for, God, I need direction. I need opportunity. I need something to happen. I need, I'm desperate for this. That it's like as you find wholeness, you don't, you're not desperate for anything. You're settled at peace yeah. in who you are in Him. And then all of a sudden, serendipitously, 
God brings this thing across your path, and you're like, I think I can do that. You know what I'm saying? Did I say that word right? Well, you know, serendipity would be like, hey, I'm going to church today. Oh, there's $20. It's just something you find along the way, serendipity, you know. It's like it's not planned. These things aren't planned. These things aren't things that you're fighting and trying to make happen. You're not trying to make a trip to Saudi Arabia happen. It's like as you find wholeness, wow, look where I am now. I can handle this. This is what God needs from us. That no matter what happens externally, whether you get to fulfill your call or not, doesn't matter to you because you are at peace with your God in your heart because of what Jesus has done for you. And then the next thing you know, something is in front of you, and you're like, I think we can do this. I think I can do I think I can handle this. And you're, and you're marveling at it, and you're thinking, wait a minute, where did this come from? How did this happen? You couldn't see it before because your heart couldn't handle it. I'm telling you, man, if we can figure out how to get in that vein where we just accidentally follow God because you are so at peace with Him, you know, it's, it's like this. It's like our mind is so full of distractions and hurt and pain and difficult situations. You know, we had this outreach yesterday where we got to minister to so many families, and that was the other thing I wanted to mention. All of you uh, sponsor, the, the sponsors that took care of all those kids, it's amazing. Those of you that got to be in the room with the families that you sponsored, it's just a beautiful thing, the body being the body. And all those families are just so thankful and so touched. Um, and I pray that that lingers, and I pray that that continues, and we get to continue to water those seeds, you know, just to, just to, help, just to help people. I forgot what I was going to say after that. Yeah, it was beautiful. But, I, but just, just this heart journey, my notes are gone. <laughs> but do you, see what, do you see what I'm talking about, though, you know, where it's like, the things that we think we desperately want from God have an interesting way of manifesting before you as you are whole in your relationship with Him because you are secure in His love for you. You know, it's like He knows how to be your God. The Holy Spirit knows how to lead you. You know, it's like, oh, that's where I was going. These families, you know, some of them come in with these heartbreaking stories of injustice. Most of them not because of any fault of their own, per se. Tragic difficulties that have happened to them, and they find themselves, it's like, I'm, you know, pff, life is hard sometimes. I need some help. But I just see if as we set aside the distractions, as we set aside the pains and the hurts, and that's why we do church, and that's why we have counseling ministries, and that's why we have small groups and classes and podcasts, because it's like it's a constant gardening process on your heart to tend the garden of your heart to get those distractions out of there. And I don't mean where you're trying to get sin out. God does that as you let him transform you. I don't mean you trying to find what you're supposed to do and work on that. I mean you find who you are. And then as you find who you are, then you just naturally do what God would lead you to do. I mean, sometimes you turn around and you're like, I don't think I'm following God very well. 
And, and it's like, no, you are exactly where God wants you. Are you kidding me? You know, because the church in the West has, we've, we, it's like institutionalized Christianity that if you don't have a title or you're not serving in an organization, that you're not in the ministry or something like that. You're all in the ministry. You got a mouth and you got Jesus in you. You're qualified to be in the ministry. <laughs> That's pretty much all it takes. And a whole heart. The heart is the deepest part of who you are. It's the place where your memories live, your identity lives. It's the place where how when you look at the world and you observe a situation and it filters back through you and you have to redefine who you are and who you think that you are in the middle of that situation, that all happens in your heart. That's not in your brain. Do you know what I'm talking about? And we're constantly numbing or our, our identity is distracted. It's, it's anchored in a wound here or it's anchored in my dad always used to say this here or it's anchored in I, my job history is this. And then it becomes this heart belief, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And God wants to rip all those anchors out, all of those wounds healed and made whole, so that when you think about yourself, the only thing you think about is what Jesus did for you. Yeah, you got a past. We all do. It was interesting because we were ministering to one person in there, and they started opening up about their substance abuse background. And I looked around the room, and I just happened to know everybody's passed in that room, and I said, hey, watch this. Raise your hand if you've got a substance abuse background. And every one of us in that room raised our hand. And she, you know, looked around and was like, oh, okay. <laughs> we all got a past, but how much of it, what, what is its voice in your life? There's forgiveness. I'll give you my message in like two minutes here, but it's, it's about forgiveness. Let me, let me just read you some scriptures. We'll just we'll eat, we'll squeeze the Bible in here. <laughs> let me just read you these. Forgiveness, right? You experiencing forgiveness of your sin, from your sin. See, we think that forgiveness is you did something bad, you go to God, you convince him how sorry you feel about what you did, and then he says, okay, I'll forgive you now because you feel bad enough for what you did. That's called control. God's not a control freak. Forgiveness is this. You've done something to me, and whether you come to me or not, it's my choice if I'm going to forgive you. Whether you come and reconcile with me or not, I'm the one that has to choose to forgive you and let it go. And that's what forgiveness means. It means to send away, to not excuse and not overlook or ignore, but to me internally process the wound, get over it, and let you go and send the offense away so that if you come to me then, I've got nothing but open arms. We can be reconciled. That's what God says. He says, look, I'm not holding your sin against you because I put it all in Jesus. And I'm standing here with arms wide open for you to be reconciled to me now. Now, you're the one that's got to go through the process of realizing you can come to me for wholeness. And that's our job as Christians, 
to go to the world and tell them, look, Jesus took everything away that God had to hold against you according to the law. Now, he's just standing there, arms wide open. Ephesians 4.32, I'm going to do these quickly. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. See, God forgave you in Christ, not in your guilt or in your capacity to make God feel sorry for you. I mean, I know I'm kind of exaggerating what we've made repentance out to be, but 1 John 2.12. 1 John 2.12. Well, he's on it. I am writing you, little children, because your sins have been forgiven you for his name's sake. Think about that. Have been forgiven you. Does that mean it's okay to sin? Does that mean we should just wink at sin? It's like no big deal. No. Why? Because it still kills. It separates you from God in your mind, and it hardens your heart and cuts you off from his life. doesn't mean you lose your salvation. It just means the life source. You've, you've thrown your roots into death, and you're feeding on death rather than on life, even though you're a new creature. Hebrews 8.12. read. I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities. I will remember no more. Some people have mispreached this to say that he doesn't see your sin and your iniquity. No, he sees it. He full on sees it. He just sees that it's in Jesus and that it's removed from you. But this word here, I'm not, I don't remember I'm not remembering your sins. It's not like God's got amnesia. You know, like that some people teach it like that. They're trying to make God look a little too good, like God doesn't even see your sin. He doesn't even know that you're sinning. Really? I don't, I don't know about all of that. This word remember means he's not rehearsing. He's not re-remembering your sin. So in other words, when you come to him, he's not going to say, oh, wait a minute. We've got this problem here you got to fix this before I can love you. That's not, he's not rehearsing your sin. He's not meditating on or chewing on your sin. When you go to him, he's not going to throw it up in your face. He sees it. He knows how to deliver you from it. He's forgiven you of it. But we then have to reconcile ourselves to him. And that's what repentance is. We change our mind. And 1 John, a little bit further down, when it says to confess our sins and he's faithful to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This word confess is the word uh, homo logio. Did I say it right? It's two, there's two root words, homo meaning the same, and logos meaning you know, the word or the logic. So confession is not when you try to convince God that you feel guilty, it's like you're saying the same thing that God says about your sin. You're using the same logic to think about your failures as God is. And what is the logic that God uses when he thinks about when you fail now? 
What does God say about your sin or your failures now? He says, I have removed them as far as the east is from the west. You can't find them. You can't find the guilt legally that you deserved because of your failures and your sin any longer. Now, you might let that stuff dwell in you. You might stay engaged in the actions and the mindset of sin, and it will produce death in your life. But as far as God looking at you, He's not looking for it to find it to punish you. It's already been dealt with in Jesus. And, and, and it's like, that sounds like you can get away with sin, but why would you want to? Why would you want to? Now, there's freedom. There's freedom from your failures, from your past. Those wounds, you might be sitting there right now feeling as guilty as you could get because of what you did. But there's freedom from that. And as you let that spirit nurture you and love on you and rise up within you and teach you what God has done for you, He already knows. Are you kidding me? He knows your heart. He already knows. Let Him love on you. Let Him manifest His forgiveness in you. And I, that's, that's what I want this place to be. You know, as we go forward into this new year and we have this exciting time of knocking some walls out and we get to worship together, we're not going to lose that, that element of when people show up in this place that it's like, okay, your world is about to get rocked if you learn how to let God love you. If you learn not how to be spiritual, not how to teach Christianity the right way, but if you learn how to rebuild your identity and what Jesus has done for you, you are about to experience a journey like you didn't even know existed. And then all of a sudden you look around you and you're like, my goodness, following God is like this? What have I been doing my entire Christian life? I love uh, Brenda. She's like, it's so easy. She say, you say it all the time, so easy. It's so, so simple. It's so simple. <laughs> and it's true. It's not rudimentary. It is foundational, but it's not basic. It's power. It is. The gospel is the power. You want to walk in power? Preach the gospel. Miracles and signs and wonders will follow. Amen? Amen? Amen. That's what we get to do. We get to be this place where people come in and they learn, oh my goodness, God actually does care about me. He actually does see me. And oh, we get to teach them a little bit about Jesus did these things for you. And then it becomes alive in your heart. Then it becomes something that you, you just have this dance going on with Jesus. You know, because of Emmanuel. You think about this, right? We, had, we went over to Will and Brenda's small group. We'll have more information rolling out about small groups, opportunities for you guys to connect with each other and just build community um, as we go into the next year. Um, but Christmas, you know, Christmas. Are you tired of the, all the gift wrapping and all that stuff yet? I get a little Scroogeish around Christmas. I just have to admit it. I, I, I'm a, one day I'll get over it. I don't know. Maybe it's a choice. I get a little bah humbuggish. My daughter just is like walking. She, she's mean to me, my daughter is. <laughs> Do you know what she does? She will sing Christmas songs on purpose to see if I'll start singing it after her. 
Yeah. It's hilarious. And may, by the way, she was in the Nutcracker last night, and it was absolutely beautiful. She's just amazing little ballerina. I'm proud of you. But these little Christmas songs, you know, she's singing. But Christmas. Yes. Dominic the Donkey. My goodness, that's the worst Christmas song ever. Trust me, you don't want to hear it. But over at Will and Brenda's, we were thinking about this idea, and he brought this out, and it was beautiful, and if we had time, I'd have him share it, but I'll give you the, the nutshell version. And, and it's like, you think of Mary, right? You think of God that was going to lay down his divinity to become a human so that he could conquer sin and death on behalf of all mankind and be the doorway into eternal life. And, and the way that he chose to do that was limit himself to a, being a baby. You know, and Mary, think about Mary. I don't think God overrode Mary's will in the situation. You know what I mean? That God did not take advantage of Mary. Can you imagine the communion that was going on with her to the point of a conception? the level of communion that she had with God in her heart to, to, to birth the Savior of the world. I mean, there's, there's a level of communion with God that is like yeah. so powerful and so transformative that He will birth things into this earth through you. And, and this, this connection that we have with him, all because she listened and believed and let faith arise of the promise that God was giving to her, the Savior of the world, born because she listened, fanned that flame, as Will was talking about, and let God do that. You know, that's what I, I want to take away today is that God has this incredible power. And you don't have to beat yourself up to try to figure out how to make it happen and be the right kind of Christian. You just let him build within you the things and his intents and purposes. But it's as you trust him. It's just as you look at him. It's as you believe him. Father, we look to you. We thank you your spirit we thank you for Jesus we thank you for wanting to destroy death and sin on our behalf and, and just teach us what that means you, you became a human we know that Jesus prayed in John 17 he said I'm ready to take back the glory that I had with you before I came here so the miracle of you somehow laying down that glory to become a human and be a baby. I mean, the salvation of the world, the deliverance of sin for the entire world hinging on a baby. What a risk you took, God. But it had to be a human for us to experience the victory. It had to be a human that won that for us so that we could enter in the way that we were born. We could believe. 
God, we give you all the glory. Jesus, we thank you for remaining obedient to the death of the cross. We thank you for giving us the free gift of salvation, for giving us the free gift of righteousness. And we want to steward that well. We don't want to violate that, Lord. That, that just like this baby, this precious baby that you gave, so is our righteousness. And we want to protect that by guarding our hearts. And we give you honor to what you did that night. Sweet hymns of 
this morning. Amen. Thank you guys so much for being here. We hope you have a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. If you want to give on the way out, there's ushers in the back. Thank you guys so much for being here. Bless you guys and Merry Christmas. Bye.